Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 71 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Justin. Howdy, Good howdy. morning, Ben. Hi, Justin. How's it going, Hi, Justin Bob? and Ben. <laughs> Hi, Bob and Justin. Hello, class. How are you today? <laughs> if I say it the other way around, can we say hello, Justin and Bob? Or some junk? We can yeah. Uh, it's like uh, one of those scenes in, it's like one of those scenes in MASH where they say, Major, Captain, Captain, Major. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. Bob, ben, I don't know, ben, I don't know who to offend. Well, when I introduce the show, it's like if I say, "Do I say Bob first or Justin first? Like, who do I? If I say, you know what I mean? Well, definitely age before beauty. So, um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go by chest hair because we're both furry. Just Bob shows his off more. <laughs> yeah, Bob, Bob's V-neck. Bob, we we all know about Bob's uh, Bob's Bob's chest hair because of the V-necks. But um... <laughs> <laughs> I really don't have that much chest hair. I mean, it's there, but it's not. It's, it's not, not your Instagram would feed. You just have it. You, yeah. you just do a little moose to accentuate it with the V deck. It's not like I mean the way you describe it. I'm like Robin Williams over here. No, yeah, like I'm Austin Powers. Maybe Bob is using AI special effects on his Instagram channel. For, there, there you, you go. go. Yeah, <laughs> the chest hair. Um, anyway, listen, guys, we have a very uh, entertaining, great, uh, horrifying, horrible show today, as always. <laughs> Um, Get ready for a horrible show. I mean, wow. Like this week, I just, you know, part of me wants to stop talking about Tucker Carlson, but good God, we have to keep talking about this motherfucker. Um, So that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking about Tucker Carlson's appalling racism. Uh, My take on this and Bob's take on this. We have slightly uh, different, perhaps opposing views on on the new uh, revelation of Tucker Carlson's astonishing racism. Uh, we have a Trump meltdown. Justin's going to do a deep dive on that. Uh, Ron DeSantis is in free fall. Uh, then we are going to move into our both sides segment. I have uh, uh, something to get off my chest. Um, Andrew Sullivan's going to get it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and then in the members, uh, in uh, for the emergency meeting, uh, we're going to be talking about negotiating with terrorists, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to more of that uh, at the end of the show. Uh, but before we start, Justin, you have some, some good news. Yeah, let's start it off with some good news before it all goes downhill. Um, <laughs> it's the first, like, so we're recording on Friday. You're listening to this on Sunday, hopefully on Sunday. And um, this is the first Friday of the month, which means job reports. And um, it completely smashed expectations. Um, I started off this morning reading a Washington Post article that said 133,000 they were talking about. Other articles were talking about 100. 80,000, and it turned out to be 253,000 new jobs this month. Um, Mm -hmm. Completely smashing expectations. We are down to 3.4% unemployment, uh, which brings us back to all the way back to 1969 was the last time we got down to 3.4, which is before any of us were born. Um, Bob's older than I am. Ben's a fetus, so it's way before Ben. It's slightly <laughs> before me and Bob. Um, if we manage to squeeze it down to 3.3, we're talking, we're going back to the 1950s, but still, 3.4 is astonishingly low. Um, and just for a little perspective, um, in the 16 years that Clinton and Obama were both president for their eight years and eight years combined, it was 33.8 million jobs combined is how much they finished uh, net, net job creation. Um, 16 years for Bush, Bush one, two, and Trump, right? So it was four years, four years, and eight years for um, Bush Jr. Their net job uh, creation was 1.9 million because they're Republicans and they suck at their jobs. Mm-hmm. And for Biden, 27 months for Biden. He's only been president for 27 months here. 12.7 million jobs Wow. so far, net, which is like, I mean, that's an absolute record. That's astonishingly incredible. Yeah. And he's just killing it right now. Um, so, yeah, this has been, this is, he's just killing it. And, you know, we're going to talk about this in the after show. 
Um, hopefully the Republicans won't blow up the entire economy. If not, we're looking at a possibility of not going into a recession, no matter what, you know, the, the um, Fed is easing up, is looking to ease up on the, um, the uh, whatchamacallit, uh, interest hikes because they don't know what's going to happen next. So they're thinking maybe we should stop now and see what happens. And the job market is still strong. So fingers crossed. But apparently everything was better when Trump was president, right? The, the, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. Well, yeah. Let me jump in on that note with some tough love. Imagine if Trump were president right now and we were getting these kinds of jobs reports. How would Republicans, how would Trump supporters on social media and elsewhere be talking about this? They wouldn't shut up about it. It would be wall to wall. Trump supporters screaming about how great uh, the jobs reports are, how much how many jobs are being created. For some reason, we don't get the same thing on the Democratic side. We don't get the same thing among liberals, progressives, et cetera. We may acknowledge it, but I don't see, at least skimming uh, social media this morning, I don't see anyone talking about this. So that indicates to me we're not doing a good enough job getting the message out. I certainly know the president and the White House are talking about it, but those of us who should be spreading that word aren't picking up that mantle and running with it. And, and that indicates to me a, a, a serious problem in messaging. We just maybe it's not sexy enough for the left. I don't know what, but we, it's, we need to emphasize this more. We need to not shut up about it. So there you it, go. it just may be something that people don't really I mean, they understand it, but they don't they don't. It's like good news is OK, but they only really pay attention when it's bad news. Like, you know, the thing with the news, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, this yeah, is like yeah. kind of the opposite. If it's good news, it's like, well, you know. That's how things are supposed to be. Mm. So they just kind of go, that's nice. And they move about their day and they don't really understand. No, this is fucking awesome news. You, you kidding me? You should be jumping up and down like, yes, especially yeah. since we're supposed to have gone into a recession. I don't know. This is like year two that we're supposed to have been in a recession and right. it hasn't happened. So, well, I mean, if you're wondering why the robust economy is not uh, resonating well with rank and file voters, this could be why we're just not making a big enough deal about it. And we should. These are enormously praiseworthy accomplishments uh, that uh, Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris have presided over. And so uh, we should be emphasizing this. We should be able to uh, mention this a couple of times a day between now and whenever. Yeah, pretty much. 12 million new jobs. That's incredible. In fact, I just said uh, I did a video the other day in which uh, I mentioned 10 million new jobs. And that was just a few days ago. <laughs> now it feels like I've got to revise. And because there are more jobs, more jobs being created. That's a good problem to have, I think. It's I true. Oh, I mean, no, I please think, stop. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I do want to I, I want to be fair. And I, I do want to say that also that, in, you know, inflation is is bad and it is hurting a lot of people like inflation is no joke i don't i don't subscribe to the fact that you blame the biden administration for it in any way um you know there, there is a there are a confluence of, of of issues uh that have led to to this inflation um you know pandemic as well and a war in ukraine uh, that have had absolutely nothing to do with the Biden administration at all. So, but I do think perhaps the perception of of what's going on with the economy and and what's actually happening are it's like you know what I mean. It's it, two right. can be true. I get what you're saying. Time. I mean, if there were a Republican president and there were this kind of inflation, this is something that we would be screaming about. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Right. 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 Exactly. I, but it I is know. a real issue, and I do think like I think perhaps that's one of the reasons why there isn't people aren't as enthusiastic about it uh, because they're not seeing you know the, the sort of tangible benefit to themselves uh, because prices of, of everything is, is going up um, but nevertheless yeah I do agree that we should be talk we should be talking about these uh, fantastic numbers this cannot be bad at all in any way this kind of job creation this is this is a very good thing um, well look let's move on to the bad sorry I've like soured the mood already uh, <laughs> but I'm good going transition. To yeah, yeah, good transition. Um, let's talk about Tucker Carlson, right? Tucker Carlson has not had a good week at all. Oh. Um, there have been several leaks, uh, several leaks through Mediaite and and I think uh, no, Media Matters rather, and uh, the New York Times, 
all these videos keep leaking of Tucker Carlson and text messages from the Dominion lawsuit case, right? This is um, a story in of itself. Uh, but let's just say uh, they don't shine a positive light on Tucker Carlson. If that was possible to have, like, however bad he is in, in public, he's worse behind the scenes, right? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to play a couple of clips. We're going to listen to them, and then we're going to get to the real nasty stuff. Um, so this was... Um, recorded on his show. I don't know who leaked this or how they got hold of this, but here we go. We're going to listen to this. You wouldn't? Okay. I'm not, you know what? I'm not qualified on that score, I will say. I thought his girlfriend was kind of yummy. Just kidding. Just kidding. Cases is being pulled off the bird. Yeah, the bird. Hey, media matters for America. Go fuck yourself. That's the first thing I want to say tonight. Second thing is, totally kidding, I don't even know what his girlfriend looks like. And if I did, I would not find her yummy. Okay, number one, huh. I don't know who that is in regards to. Um, uh, here we go. And then this is another one. Um, well, I feel great. You know, I can never, I can never assess my appearance. I wait for my postmenopausal fans to weigh in. My IFB. What? They want to control me from afar? Okay, I'm putting the leash on. You, you can. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. I got you, baby. Well, I feel great. Okay. <laughs> he has such so a creepy people. laugh. What yeah. a, like he's such an alpha laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alpha yeah. males laugh like that. Super manly. Right, real manly. I mean, look, like calling, first of all, who calls women yummy? Uh, it's kind of a creepy for a 53-year-old man to be calling someone's girlfriend yummy. Um, that's kind of sad. That's kind of weird. Uh, also talking about, uh, it's just the sort of casual misogyny and, and derogatory way he talks about women. Um, that He says, I'll wait for my menopausal fans to weigh in on that, about my physical appearance. Um like fuck that guy. Like what the you mean? What a what a creep. He's such a creep. Um but that was not obviously the worst. Uh the the worst uh, Bob and I have both covered it this week. Um I'm going to read out loud the text message uh, that was uncovered this week that was in the Dominion lawsuit. Um, that apparently this really, really freaked out Fox News executives. This was the text message that Tucker Carlson sent to uh, one of his... Uh... Actually, Bob, can you read it? Because you do a great Tucker Carlson impression. And I was wondering whether <laughs> you could read this. I'm wondering whether you could read this in Tucker Carlson's voice so we get there. Because I don't think it has the same... Like, I don't think it will have the same ramifications. Like, it, 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 I can't do it justice. Yeah, uh, you want so I should do a Tucker voice for this. Is that what you want? Can you do that? Am I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I started to do it on my show yesterday, and I, and and David and Jody stopped me because it was so creepy. But yeah. I'll, I'll jump right in. <laughs> yeah, Here we please. go. <clears throat> Sorry, it's still early. A little bit uh, <laughs> clear my throat a little bit. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was watching video of people fighting on the street in Washington. <laughs> A group of Trump guys surrounded an Antifa kid and started pounding the living shit out of him. It was three against one, at least. Jumping a guy that is dishonorable, obviously. It's not how white men fight. Yet suddenly, I found myself rooting for the mob against the man, hoping they'd hit him harder. Kill him. I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. Then somewhere deep in my brain, an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be. The Antifa creep is being is a human being. Much as I despise what he says and does, much as I'm sure I'd hate him personally if I knew him, I shouldn't gloat over his suffering. I should be bothered by it. I should remember that somewhere somebody probably loves this kid and would be crushed if he was killed. If I don't care about these things, if I reduce people to their politics, how am I better than this? So that's it. Thank you very much. Oh. Oh. Yay. And I, 
Yeah, I stumbled a couple times because I was throwing up in my mouth. I'm just yeah. make sure yeah. I'm clear about that. I'm gonna uh, go and take a shower quickly and I'll be back. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's how freaked out I am by that. Oh my god, Bob, well done. Round of applause. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh I have a theory about this, uh, which I wrote about uh for the banter this week. I think he was writing the first draft of a script for his show. However, this may have turned out. He didn't obviously deliver this on his show, but this is something that he would say on his show uh, or close to it. And when we talk about both sides, I'll give you another example of something that was aired on Fox News Channel this week, which is actually worse than what Tucker Carlson said and allegedly got fired for. So we'll talk about that later. But this is uh, about on par with things that he said on the air, on his show numerous times. Yeah, I so I think everyone needs to read. Hopefully, uh, everybody reads both of our pieces this week, Bob, because you, you, your, you know, it was your your take on it was a, was a, something I hadn't considered um, that it was it, he was trying out new material, and I think that that is entirely possible. Um, yeah. But I think it, we it have could to- have been, you know, it, it could have been that he was proposing this to his uh showrunner or someone at fox and they said no and then he lost his shit on them and that the reaction to them saying no to him may have been uh you know some additional text somewhere down after this particular text message there may have been another thing in which he went off on the fox news producer for saying no to this or i mean i'm just theorizing i don't we don't have any evidence that the fox news producer said no but I'm just kind of hypothesizing how this could have tied into him being fired because this alone should not have gotten Tucker Carlson fired. The fact that this was going to get out in public. I have seen far worse on his show for sure. So, so I'm going to, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to put forward my theory about why I think this, this is one of the more insidious Things that I've heard Tucker Carlson say, like yeah. that, have come out of his mouth. I, I think there are there are a couple of things worth pointing out here. First of all, um, I've always wondered whether the racism was real, right? Like, is he just doing an act, right? Because he never he wasn't like this before. Tucker Carlson never had any of this kind of weird ethno nationalist bullshit um, until he, you know, until Trump came around. So I kind of saw it as a, as a, you know, at least in part, a very cynical ploy, media ploy, where he he get he plays a kind of an ethno nationalist, right? I wasn't sure whether it was real or not. I suspected it probably it probably was, uh, but I couldn't quite I couldn't tell, right? Like it, it's hard to know with some of these guys. Like I, I pegged Carlson more as a, as a kind of a sociopath uh, more than anything else, um, but I think that these te- this text message reveals the very, very glaring fact that, yes, he is a, white, a racist, a genuine white supremacist. Like, there's no other way of of, of um, interpreting this text message. Like, he, he is a genuine white supremacist. And I think that this freaked Fox out. This is my theory. My theory is that they thought, oh, shit, like, this is not, like, it's going to get out that this guy is actually for real. Like, he really is a deeply, deeply malevolent racist. Um, and... So I got into a de- debate with one of our, our, our readers on, on the banter, Christopher uh, Fox, who's a longtime banter reader. And he, he had an interesting point, right? And, and this is something that I had thought about when I first read it. He, he, he said that, um, he, said, uh, he said, if we didn't know it was by Carlson with all the other things we know he said and done, the text message would strike me as a potential source of hope. There's some, here's someone who's obviously eager to have his side use violence and has no problem with them ganging up to do so. But he's also recognizing that's not something he should be in favor of. It suggests a person open to redemption. Quote, first step is to recognize there is a problem and all that. Um, the prospects of a violent bully questioning their feelings about supporting violence or recognizing the other side as a human being, it gives hope that they could be, uh, become one less bully in the world. So, I, I I sort of thought that there was a glimmer of you know this whole thing about it, self-reflection, right? That Carlson was being he um, was showing some sort of ability to of introspection, you know, that he's aware of himself. Um, but I think that this is actually even fucking scarier 
right? The fact that he, and I think that he believes that only white men or white people are capable of this. And that was his point. His point is that he is better, right? That as a white man, he's better than everybody else, or he's better than the savages, the brown and black people who, who do, uh, uh, who don't fight fair, right? Or the or the dirty socialists, right? That <clears throat> in his mind, it's like the burden of the white man, you know, the Rudyard Kipling poem. Um, it, it's this very, very nasty, uh, you know, several century years old uh, belief in in the you know the the, the innate moral supremacy of, of white people. Uh, so Tucker Carlson, yes, he's showing some ability to reflect upon himself, um, but he thinks that this is a virtue that only white men have, that only white people have. And that, I think, is even scarier. Uh, so I think that Fox saw that and thought, Christ, this is this is really, really bad. So um, it's, you know, it's illustrative that they settled. Like, it was, I think they saw it, from what I understand, like a couple of days after they, you know, it sent along... Alarm, alarm bells off at Fox News. Uh, they were, they were, they apparently they were about to launch an investigation because of that text message. Um, the, these are the rumors, anyway. Uh, <clears throat> and then a couple of days later, they settled. So, so yeah, I think I, was it the only reason that they that they fired him? No, but it, it may have been instrumental. It may have been a major reason. See, I come down in between both. Of you. I read both your articles, and I was like, "Wow, well, I actually come down kind of in the middle between both of you." Um, both, sides are, which, both sides are just as right, Justin. Yeah, no, I'm totally both yeah. sides here. You're no, both, um, you're both siding us, Justin. No, actually, I thought um, I thought it was really interesting. Like, like you know, one of you see it as he's always been a racist, and the other one sees it as it, he's um, it, it's not so much that he's a racist; it's still kind of a performance thing for him. But I came down; it's like it's a performance thing for him. But what you see, when, all right, so once upon a time, right, I, I talked about this before, I spent a huge amount of time on Nazi forums, like a huge amount of time. I spent God knows how many months on Stormfront just reading, like, just, just you know, thing after thing after thing about how much they hate black people and how much they hate the Jews and blah, 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 blah. And I just read a ton of it because I needed to know who these people were. I didn't understand what they were doing, where they were coming from. And what I found was the more time I spent there, I started internalizing some of it. And I'm Jewish because you can't sit in a swamp of filth and not have some of it rub off on you. Now, you have to look at Tucker Carlson. This is a guy who's selling it. Now, I was just passively in taking this so I could just understand it so I can write about who these people were as, as a criticism. Tucker Carlson was taking this stuff in so he could sell it back to people. He was refining it so he could sell it back in a, you know, in a more polished way. Right. So he had to be ingesting massive amounts to this so he could understand it better. And he had to sell it like he had to be convincing. Right. Because, I mean, you know, he's not to us. He's very insincere, but he had to seem sincere to his audience, which apparently is because, well, highest rated guy on TV and you can't sell that sort of thing day after day after day and not start to internalize some of it yourself, which is what I think he was saying. It's like, I'm starting to believe my own bullshit. He was starting to get high in his own supply. And I think that kind of freaked him out a bit. And I don't know if that's something that freaked out Fox, but I think it certainly freaked him out a little bit. It's like, Oh, Whoa, I don't use, I didn't used to think this way, but I am now starting to think this way. And that made him uncomfortable. So I think if he continues down this road, which he may, he may not, I don't know. But I think if he does, he will eventually become exactly what he appears to be. And that is a bad thing because he's very, very convincing. And if he gets another microphone, another platform, and he continues selling that and he eventually becomes the thing he appears to be, that would be very bad for all of us. So I'm kind of in between the two of you with that. Okay. I don't think he was sincere, but I think he's becoming sincere. So let's kind of hope he doesn't. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I think I just have a more cynical take than everyone that I think that he's. <laughs> a, he's yeah, usually you're more. I'm the most cynical one here. So. <laughs> no, 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 I my my um evil Nazi uh, radar 
uh, has been flashing for many, many years about Tucker Carlson uh, now. Um, uh, and and it's <clears throat> this has just added that. I, I, I don't see any any good in the guy at all. Uh, I really don't. I think he he pretends to be. He's 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 just incredibly manipulative. Um, you know that he can be very charming, very interesting, very engaging. I you know as I, I think I've mentioned this before. Like I I have a, a very good friend of mine who's worked with him on a TV show and said he was you know utterly charming. Um, but I I see this as being a weapon in his arsenal. Uh, that this this guy, this guy is a, is is a Sith Lord, um, and. Mm. No, no good at all. And I think he'll, you know, he's one of the most poisonous people. The most I've written many articles where I've called him the most dangerous man in America, and I, I sincerely believe that he's the most dangerous person in America, uh, more dangerous in in many ways than Trump because he's because he's a lot smarter than Trump, um, <clears throat> and he, you know, he because he's on the media, he's figured out how to game the media system, and that that's terrifying. Um, and I think he's power hungry, and I believe that obviously, like you know, he 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 went, he didn't he did an Icarus, right? He flew too close to the sun, um, and, and and got burnt. But uh, somebody with that type of uh, thirst for power and influence, he'll be back for sure. So we obviously need to to watch out. Um, but all of this this these. This text message has confirmed my worst suspicions that on top of being a malevolent, narcissistic, psycho, uh, sociopath, he is also actually genuinely a racist, um, which is about the worst. This is the worst combination you could possibly have. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, fingers uh, crossed yeah. that he doesn't find his way back to a major platform. Yeah, I, yeah, I, don't, I think those days are long gone, personally. I think it's been a major blow to him. Uh, but, you know, I think he played, again, all of this sort of mere culpa stuff, all of this, oh, you know, I was looking, I was worried about myself and how violent my, these impulses I have. I think this is all bullshit. Like, I think he, I don't think he, you know, I think this is all manipulation, personally. Um, anyhow, look, let's, uh, we can move on. Uh, Justin, uh, Donald Trump, you, 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 you've been tromping it a bit to, to, talk, to talk about this. Uh yeah. So Donald Trump back in March, he was um he was on his way back from um uh a rally in Waco, Texas. This is the one where he opened this is where he announced his campaign. Just just happened to be in Waco, Texas, where you know they had that whole thing that kicked off the big um, militia movement in the first place. Totally coincidental. Nothing mm. symbolic there whatsoever. <laughs> Bullshit. Anyway, um so he's with a whole bunch of reporters. And um, a reporter from uh, NBC, um, Vaughn Hilliard, was asking him questions about uh, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, right? And Trump did not want to talk about that. Uh, and he was getting pissed off about it that this guy kept asking him. Um, but he's a reporter, so he kept pushing. And finally, now this, again, this is a bunch of, a bunch of a, in front of a bunch of reporters. Trump loses his shit grabs his phones right because that's he's recording with them right this is, i mean this is what people do now they use their phones to record their interviews grabs he has two different phones he's recording grabs them and throws them right and i mean this is all recorded right it's on tape people have cameras they have um uh, they have uh actually i don't know if this film but there's definitely audio of this and he's like you know i don't want to talk to you you're not a nice person get out of here um and eventually you know get he has the guy removed blah 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 and nobody says anything. It doesn't get reported. It's not the front page news that Trump loses his shit. Uh, what, what, what do you, what's that phrase you always use? Uh, Trump loses his shadoinkle? Bob? What, what shpadoinkle. Yeah. <laughs> shpadoinkle. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, he's, he, he completely flips out. He, he rages out, grabs his phone, and none of these reporters say anything. They're just. They don't report it. It's not a front page story. It's not a third page story. It's not a 10th page story. Nothing gets reported about this until Vanity Fair gets a hold of the audio and they report it. And they just reported it a couple of days ago. And this is exactly what I've been saying. And I actually wrote an article about it, not this specifically, that the press was going to do again because they did this in 2016 they were going to do everything possible to normalize trump and look the other way 
if and we talked about this before the show started, if Obama did this, the headline would have been angry black candidate assaults reporter. If Hillary Clinton had done this, it would have been emotional female candidate assaults reporter. If hmm. Joe Biden had done this, it would have been, you know, angry old man assaults reporter. They would have just it would have been going on and on and on. It wouldn't it would have been the lead story on every cable show. It would have been the headline that the Democratic candidate loses control. But it's Trump, and they don't say anything. They weren't going to report this. They were just never going to mention it. It was just going to go away, and they were just going to quietly ignore it ever happened. Hmm. But this is – you can't have a president who loses his temper because he got asked a question that he didn't want to hear. You can't have that. You know, it's bad enough that he was throwing ketchup on the wall while he was president. You can't have a guy who's running for president again assault. I mean, he didn't assault the guy, but you can't have him grab his phones and throw them away because he doesn't like the question. That's not temperament for a president. You can't have that. But they can't report that because one, people say, oh, that's biased, which is like, okay, bullshit. And two, it it just ruins the horse race. Trump is already way behind behind Biden. He's already like DeSantis is already done. Right, DeSantis said. That's our next, next segment, Justin. I want to talk about this about this Ron DeSantis because look, um, this whole Trump, like Trump is going to be the candidate, right? And like this kind of behavior um, is, I, I guess, this is a process of it being normalized again, right? Like again, we have to normalize everything now. We have to normalize an uh, an insurgency, right? We have to normalize the fact that he was impeached twice. We have to normalize the fact that he uh, killed, you know, potentially quarter of a million people through ineptitude. Uh, with well, the they don't even talk about that. Right. Almost almost took his entire White House down. This, uh, this is what amazes me. Imagine if another Democrat had just, just this one thing alone, right, that he'd had a, a super spreader event. Imagine if Joe Biden had had a super spreader event at the White House and taken down his entire administration. Right. And almost killed himself. Okay, this would be the story of the fucking century. Right. This would be, um, you know, this president is 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 incapable of responsible, incompetent. It would just go on and on and on and on. But that was like Tuesday. That was just like a Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. Oh, Trump's almost killed all his, you know, killed most of his staff. And, uh, you know, (laughs) Chris Christie in a fucking coma or whatever it was. Right. This, This was like normal. Uh, nobody batted an eyelid at all, right? It, 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 it's kind of amazing, and now and now we're going through this thing of like right where he can he can basically storm out of interviews and throw things around like a baby. Um, and and, and look, so you wrote this about Ron DeSantis this week, right? Ron DeSantis is basically toast, is what you're saying. Oh yeah, big time. He's like completely. I mean, he's behind Trump by like I don't know thirty something points, and he hasn't even declared yet. He's already got he's already got Republican donors saying, yeah, we're not backing this guy because he's too extreme for us, which is bullshit. Right. That I mean, he's not too extreme. He's standard for the Republican Party. It's just that he what what keeps happening is, is that people keep meeting him. And I don't mean like in crowds and whatnot. I'm talking about like on one on one donors keep meeting him. Republicans keep meeting him and then they walk away and they're like. Yeah, I'm not gonna say who I'm supporting in the nomination and in the in the race because I, he's just terrible in person. He's like he no one likes him. He's just awful in person. He doesn't have he doesn't have any kind of charisma. He can't you know you don't get into a room with him, sit down and be like you know hey how you doing chit chat blah blah blah. He doesn't have that. He and you know I get it. You're not, you know, that it's not supposed to be about personality um, competition, but if you're a politician, you actually have to be able to work with people. You have to be, you have to be able to build a coalition. And if you can't do that, you can't get work done. And Ron DeSantis, I don't know how he did it in Florida. My guess is that there was blackmail involved. I don't know. Maybe he murdered a few people. Who knows? He just, I don't know how he's doing it in Florida. He, he does not know how to work with people. He's terrible at working with people. Like when he was in the when he was in the house, nobody liked him because he didn't work with people. He was just like, yeah, whatever. I'm Ron DeSantis. I don't give a shit about you. 
So here, I've got the poll, right? The CB, this is the CBS News YouGov poll released on Monday. Found Trump the head of a hypothetical geopolitical field with 58% of the vote, followed by DeSantis with 22%. That's 36-point lead. Yeah, I mean, it's not even close. And everyone else is, like, in the single digits. So he's done, and it's not going to get any better for him. He's already backsliding, and he hasn't declared yet, and he's already backsliding. He's just weird. He's weird. He's not good on the national stage. He doesn't know how to handle it. And that's before anything else. So it's going to be Trump and DeSantis. Thank God. DeSantis, and you can't, whatever DeSantis is lacking, he's not going to be able to get in the next four years, five years. So when he, if he tries to run again in 2028, he's not going to be, you know, oh, I'm suddenly more personable and better. He, it's just not going to happen. He's not going to be the cult leader the Republican Party wants. Thank Christ. Because he actually is dangerous. You know, he's smart enough. I mean, look what he's doing to Florida. Florida is his own personal little fascist magic kingdom. He's very, very dangerous. He's much more capable than Trump. He's just not good at manipulating a crowd the way Trump is. So he doesn't have that cult leader thing that the that Republicans want. And Democrats, too, to a certain degree. Like, you know, the whole thing is kind of like, oh, wow, we love this person, blah, blah, blah. Not as much. Republicans really need it. We kind of need it. Republicans have to have it. And DeSantis just does not have it. So, phew, missed bullet there. Thank God. Hopefully whoever comes pops up to replace him isn't worse. So yeah, It could always get worse, as we know. Um, yeah. look, look, guys, let's move on to, uh, to our both sides uh, this week. Um, uh, let's, uh, Bob, your pick this week. Yeah, I'm going with Jesse Waters, host of The Five, and uh, apparently he has his own show too, which is, uh, by the way, uh, just uh, by way of a prediction, I think that Jesse Waters is likely the front runner to take over Tucker Carlson's spot. There would be great uh, Fox News poetry if Jesse Waters landed in the 8 o'clock time slot, which is where he got started on Bill O'Reilly's show. So in a strange way, it would also be an F you to Bill O'Reilly. Oh, yeah, by the way, your intern now does your 8 o'clock slot, Bill. (laughs) But uh, here's uh, Jesse Waters talking about something he observed on the street in in New York City the other day. This is on the 5 this week, and it's far worse than anything Tucker said in his text message. I'm going to play the actual audio here. Here we go. The mayor here is complaining about a couple thousand with more resources than any other city in the entire country. That's ridiculous. Now, I saw on the way into work a illegal immigration family digging through the trash looking for recyclables. How did you know they were illegal? You can tell. I can tell. I'm a city guy. (laughs) And you don't want me to get into it, but I can tell. And it is the saddest thing to see. Because they're not able to work here. They came to work, but they're not able to work here. And the point is this. You have to be able to choose the people that come into the country based on needs. If you Okay, we're going to stop right there. There's no need to play any more of this. Wait, uh, let me guess. He held up his special card that showed white and not white, and that's how he knew? Yeah, he was wearing those glasses from They Live, so oh, he could actually see. He, he sees that they're actually... An illegal immigration family, as he said. He can just tell because he's a city guy. How many city people, actual city people, have ever said, I'm a city guy? This is <laughs> this is uh, incredible. An incredible remark about a family of people rooting through the garbage, apparently. I think he made it up, by the way. I don't think it was yeah. an actual yeah. thing. Guys are lying. Uh, just- Jesse Waters established himself on the aforementioned Bill O'Reilly show by going around New York City and making fun of uh, homeless people. Yeah, what do you like? He would go to Union Station and go up to someone who was very obviously suffering from either some form of addiction or some form of mental illness or both. What are you doing here? Why would you hang out in this spot? You shouldn't be here with decent people. And and that was his whole thing. And that somehow he would derive laughter from this for the cruel bastards who watch Fox News. And uh, and it continues with Jesse Waters. He's one of the worst of the worst. We don't often talk about him on social media, but we probably should. 
And and by the way, as we all know, on the five, one of the panelists is Greg Gutfeld. When he started talking, when Jesse Waters started talking about how he just knew that this was a, a quote unquote illegal immigration family. Greg Gutfeld was so delighted by that. I think he peed himself a little bit, <laughs> like jumps up in his seat. And it was just, he's a very teeny tiny man and it's very easy for him to rise up. He, he's almost, he's so small. He's almost weightless. And he was really, really happy about what Jesse Waters was saying. So he's another one who's, who's awful. And uh, another one who maybe we should pay a little bit more attention to Greg Gutfeld. He, he does happen to have a very popular late night show as well as being on the five. So there's that as well. But that's uh, that's my both side. Jesse Waters. You don't, you don't see this shit on the left, of course. Good Lord. Good Lord. That's frightening. Um, Justin, your pick this week. Uh, Laura Loomer, which I don't, I don't know if we've had Laura Loomer on here before. Um, she's the psycho who she handcuffed. She once handcuffed herself to the New York headquarters of Twitter in protest of who the fuck knows. Um, hmm. She recently, she just announced that she's an accelerationist. Um, I wrote about accelerationism as an ideology a few years ago, and it's insanely dangerous. Uh, it's the idea for our listeners, if you're not familiar, that the best way to achieve your goal of beginning of a white nationalist utopia is to speed up or accelerate what they see as the decline of civilization. You force it to collapse, and you, as the superior white being, will naturally rise out of the chaos to seize control and remake the world in your image. Uh, this has been the fringe of the fringe for like a long time. But hearing the grifter fringe, because, I mean, that's who Laura Loomer is, to start saying that out loud means it's working its way in towards the middle, because whatever the fringe is does not stay the fringe for long. And this is just like great replacement theory and blood libel. That used to be the fringe of the fringe. And now that's kind of normal Republican speak. They talk about that regularly. It's kind of like a normal thing for them now. Now, try to imagine someone like Tucker Carlson several years from now telling you, telling millions of his little zombies that the only way to save America is to burn it to the ground. That's what accelerationism is. And you can see why this is a problem. And why it's it's worrisome that they're starting to say it out loud. And there's, I mean, there's really nothing like this on the left. The alt-left kind of dabbles in this, but they're so far to the left that they're more or less the right wing at this point. So I don't really count mm. them. But yeah, that's really a thing. And it's mostly, it's just the right wing that does this. So there's something to look forward to. Good Lord. Well, listen, my, my pick this week is uh, uh, Andrew Sullivan. Um so not because he said anything particularly nasty, uh, anything racist or misogynist or anything like that. This week. <laughs> but because of his... Listen to this both sides, right? Okay. So this is what Andrew Sullivan said um, about uh, who he wants to see running for president. He says... He said, he write, this is what he wrote uh, on Friday. This is after we recorded the podcast last week. So this is why we didn't talk about it then. Which is, I hope you're sitting down. But in all of this, two men stand out to me. Tucker Carlson and Bobby Kennedy, Kennedy Jr. Very different, but weirdly simpatico. Hmm. It's not shocked me that the vaccine-skeptical Kennedy was given time on Carlson's show to make his presidential pitch. Both have become anti-corporate populists, lone rangers in their own partisan coalition. Both believe the U.S. war against Russia was misguided and led by the same dumb elites who took us into Iraq. Both have come to suspect the U.S. military, intelligence services, and pharmaceutical industries... Both loathe Tony Fauci, the patron saint of the pharmaceutical government media complex. <clears throat> and yes, it would be easy and probably wise to dismiss them as cranks and conspiracy theorists. Um, but what, then he provides a link to an ABC news segment to see how the mainstream media attacks on this thing can backfire. Both Tucker and Bobby represent, it seems to me, something nonetheless real. A deepening suspicion of corporate and government authority, refreshing willingness to junk partisan orthodoxy. And in an age of utter cowardice, what can only be called nerve. He then writes, I conf I'll confess I also find them appealing in a way Trump and Biden could never be. Kennedy sees clearly how the Dems have become the party of big corporations, <laughs> big authoritarians and the mega wealthy. Carlson sees the totalitarian essence of wokeness, its denial of core American values and the cynical distraction of a critical race theory madness when most middle class Americans are overwhelmed, overworked and dying prematurely in large numbers. Neither is easily intimidated. Kennedy also feels in his bones the spiritual desolation out there. 
and gross our duty to balance prosperity with the care for the planet. Let that one sink in. You've got, this is Andrew Sullivan, supposedly serious pundit, supposedly serious journalist and writer, arguing for an ethno-nationalist and a 5G anti-vax conspiracy theorist uh, to jump into the presidential race to liven things up because, you know, Trump and Biden are boring. Oh, God. Right? Well, you know, he just described, he just described the, the far right and the alt-left and how they're pretty much identical. That's all he did. Right. And all he did was explain how they're pretty much the same thing. That's all alt-left shit that he was saying. They're anti-corporatists and anti-war. And it's like, no, they're just sitting how much they hate Democrats. That's all that was, is all anti-democratic stuff. None of that said anything about Republicans, just Democrats. Right. And he's just buying into this. Again, it's the both sides thing. He Also in the piece, he, he, he writes this. He said, yet 70% of Americans and a slight majority of Democrats remain remarkably unmoved. They don't want Biden to run again. That's even more than 60% who don't want Trump to run again. Um, and the news this week was dominated not by the president's bid for re-election, as one might expect, but the cable host's sudden dismissal from Fox News. Uh, <clears throat> he writes, the thought of a thump Trump-Biden rematch is a soul-deadening, mind-numbing to me and countless others, which is why 38% of the country describes themselves as feeling exhausted by the prospect. I mean, look, right... This is time to put. It's time to put your big boy pants on now, Andrew. Um, this, we're, we're grown ups here. Everybody's a grown up, right? You have democracy at stake. You have a fascist insurgency. You have a guy who uh, won't answer questions um, to the media. He's on trial for rape at the moment. Um, he's got several more criminal investigations coming out. He was impeached twice, led an insurgency. Um, and on the other hand, you've got Joe Biden, a seasoned, vet, uh, a seasoned uh, politician. A president who's had a remarkably successful in by almost every metric uh, for three years in office thus far, um, but had a resounding victory over Trump in two. But he's not exciting, right? It That's was the it was almost he beat Trump by almost eight million votes, right? Um, he's the only Democrat able to build a broad enough coalition to take Trump on, but you know. Boring. Let's get let's uh, let's get Bobby Kennedy in, involved instead. Let's get Marianne Williamson in, in, involved instead. Let's get conspiracy theorists and new age quacks uh, to to liven things up because you know blah blah blah. Tony Fauci, um, COVID vaccines, five uh, G, blah 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 blah. I mean, what's happened to this guy? What an absolute joke! There's phoning it in, and then there's this, right? If you it, listen to these, funny. if you listen to these people, all their complaints do one thing bolster trump's chances of winning that's yes. always it's only it's only helps trump's chances of winning it never it's never trump has to go we need somebody else they never say how they want DeSantis. they never say they want another republican in there they only say they want someone else to challenge joe biden or you know we're the country doesn't want biden and trump so here's why someone has to run against biden that's all they ever say. Nothing about who should run against Trump. Ever. They never push that or they push it really, really lightly. It's always to help Trump. They won't say that, mm. but it always in, 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 the, in the final analysis, what they're talking about is how can I help Trump? Win? Well, in, fa in fairness to Sullivan, he is saying that Tucker Carlson should take on Trump. Um, which is yeah, but Trucker Carlson's not actually running. Well, he's saying he should run, right? Yeah, but he, he knows he's not run. going to. Well, but he knows RFK is. But either way, it's just stupid. It's this is it's just dumb. It's lazy punditry. You know what I mean? This is the kind of laziest piece of writing I've I've seen from Andrew Sullivan. You've got to go. I mean, he was he was saying some weird stuff about Sarah Palin back in the day. Do you remember that whole like uh, is Sarah Palin really pregnant? Oh um, yeah, remember that? Yeah, no, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yeah, it was, and in fact, it got so crazy that he just stopped blogging for a couple of weeks. Mm. I don't know. I forget exactly what happened, but he suddenly disappeared right in the midst of that. Everyone was going, "Jesus, what happened to Andrew?" But it was just weird, right? Do you remember? It was just yeah. very strange. Like, uh -huh. what, like, what are you doing? Like, everybody was saying to him, "Like, you've lost the plot here. You need to stop this." So instead of stopping, obviously, he doubled down on it. Of course. Well, you can't right. tell. You can never tell Andrew Sullivan that he's wrong. So, 
Right, 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 right. But it just, it, it, you know, I, I read his, I read his weekly piece. I, I won't, I won't pay to subscribe to him anymore because of this, this kind of nonsense. I feel like he's sort of gone off the deep end a bit. He's going down the alt, the alt um, rabbit hole. I mean, come on. He, he, he embraced the freaking curve bell a couple of years ago. He's been down that rabbit hole. Oh god! Oh, yeah. the bell curve. Yeah. Did yeah, I just say did. the curve bell? Oh, <laughs> but god. whatever. He he. Yeah, he went down that road a while ago. So yeah. Well, this is this has been coming for a while. So look. Well, anyway, listen. That's my both sides. My both sides is someone who's done the ultimate both sides, which is Andrew Sullivan. He wins the prize, the Nobel Prize for both sides in something um, <laughs> this week. Uh, so anyhow, moving on, uh, guys, you know what that sound is. <laughs> uh oh. Bobby, okay? Yeah, I just, God, it makes me shit myself once again. Uh, that sound, that sound, I'll just Bob. Cover your ears. It's time for the emergency meeting. Emergency meeting. Emergency meeting. Emergency meeting. <laughs> so we're going to go into the emergency meeting now uh, where we're going to be talking about should Biden negotiate with terrorists? And who do we mean by terrorists? We mean the Taliban 20. These are the lunatics in Congress who are threatening to blow up the debt ceiling. Uh, this is very, 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 very fucking serious. Very serious. Uh, because it's not just the US economy that's at stake here. The entire global economy could go down and Republicans are threatening to blow it all up uh, for reasons. Anyway, we're going to go into that. What are Biden's options? What should he do? Uh, we've got some theories. I've got some ideas. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I can't see this ending well. But uh, it's a problem we're all going to have to confront over the next uh, month or so. And it, it's, it's going to get very, very scary. Uh, so please join us in the emergency meeting. And uh, you can get a free trial on a band membership. You can get 30 days free. Come and listen and uh, join us there. You get access to everything we do. And I'm sure you'll love it so much you'll want to stick around and be a band member for life. Um, anyway, thank you all. And uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>